Great news, everybody. Curry's PC World stores are safely back open with even better deals. Our Big Clearance has savings on all the big brands you love, with amazing deals all over the shop. We've got social distancing and regular cleaning, so you can shop safely. So pop round and talk tech in person with your local in-store expert today. Hurry down now. Once the deals are gone, they're gone. At Curry's PC World. Find out online if your local store is open. And welcome to Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent, and today I am joined by uh, the candidate for, I guess, the newest party on the scene, um, Thelma Walker, who is standing in Hartlepool for the Northern Independence Party. Now, some listeners may remember Thelma was um, the MP for Colne Valley before it was taken by the Tories in 2019. Um, but yeah, she's back. She's standing for Parliament again and let's hear what she has to say. Thelma, thank you so much for coming on to Pod's Own Country. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. No, absolutely. I mean, you are the talk of um, of the elections at the moment, aren't you? Because you are standing to be uh, the, candidate, the candidate in Hartlepool for the Northern Independence Party. I mean, uh, how? Well, tell me, how has that all come about? It's all come, well, a little bit out of the blue, really. Yeah, it, well, it's all happened so quickly, um, I, I must admit. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm getting used to the idea myself. Um, I, yeah, well, um, as you'll be aware, um, I left the Labour Party, sadly, um, a few months ago. And um, this last few months, I've been working, I suppose, behind the scenes, really, informally, uh, talking to people on the left, uh, some of the smaller political uh, parties that have formed um, and the leaders of those parties and some of the campaign groups that are on the left. Um, Because for me, the left is, um, there's a a lot of people working really hard um, to develop progressive policies, um, but it's quite fragmented often. Um, And so I thought by engaging with Mm. different people on the left that we, because I'm talking about a movement here um, on the left, and um, by talking to them um, and engaging with them, we're having those conversations and um, I can see something really exciting happen here. And then I noticed just on social media, because you'll know uh, I'm on uh, Twitter uh, in particular um, a a lot of the time, I'm very, very interested in in the work that Twitter does in terms of of politics and and engagement with with the public. Um, And I noticed um, the Northern Independence um, Twitter feed and, and Philip Proudfoot, who's the founder, and I thought, this sounds really interesting. You know, the, the policies that were being proposed, mm-hmm. uh, the tone of it, um, and also a serious political message, but delivered in a very light-hearted, engaging way. And I think what, what I saw yeah. with that was the kind of, um, there was a kind of euphoria and a vision there uh, that was exciting. Um, and so we privately messaged each other and then we had a couple of Zoom meetings um, and I could see that there, there was that vision there and I could engage with it in the way that in 2017 when I won the Combe Valley seat, um, I, I felt that, yeah, 
that the, the, those progressive policies are there. The policies are there. I'm a true northerner, um, born in Manchester, grew up in Stockport, lived for 30 years in Cone Valley. And I see more and more in the northern towns in particular. And, and I think when I was in Westminster as an MP, I saw the contrast. I saw the contrast even between like transport um, and the provision rolling stock, the the cost of your rail tickets and your bus tickets, the difference um, and the inequality I saw um, when I was in Westminster um, compared to a lot of the northern towns. And so, yeah, I, I worked with, I spoke to Philip, uh, we hit it off. Um, I looked at the proposals for the manifesto and we're still looking at that now. And what I just love about the Northern Independence Party is it's so democratic. It is so, I mean, Friday night, Mm. um, we are meeting as members to look at the draft manifesto and every member has had an opportunity just see how quickly we've been working together to actually give input i'll personally be wanting to yeah, wow. night about education because obviously i'm a former head teacher and um and on the i was on the education select committee when i was in parliament so i i really want to be able to give that input on how i would want our policies developing on education um in the region and in particular for people in hartlepool yeah, I was going to say there's absolutely loads to get into there, and I'm going to dig, uh, dig, dig down on some of those issues. Um, but I guess when I first saw, and I don't think I was alone in this, when I first saw the party popping up on Twitter, I thought it was a bit of a joke, but it's not. You guys are deadly serious, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we are, and I think that is the thing that people. Some of it is understanding kind of northern humour. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're really good at that self-deprecation, you know, that making fun of ourselves. And Absolutely. and a, a lot of it, with a lot of the themes, you know, like the whip it <laughs> and now the <laughs> um, and, and we're getting merchandise coming in and, and it all seems very lighthearted, et cetera. But actually, it's pride in our heritage and it's it's okay for us to to laugh at ourselves because you know we we but we're proud of our northern heritage and our roots and our identity um and i think it's 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 that banter that's engaged people have engaged with and but there's a very serious message about social justice and about Mm -hmm. addressing inequality um and about how um, that north-south divide, um, it's been going on. I mean, obviously, hit, hit, hit us at the hardest over austerity for the last nearly 11 years. But decade after decade, the north has been promised, um, you know, with this levelling up agenda and this managed decline, a discussion about managed decline. But for me, it's been managed neglect. Um, mm. And I think what the Northern Independence Party, I mean, I, I don't know whether... I'll win in Hartlepool. I'm working towards a win. I would love to win. I would love to represent the people in Hartlepool. But if it does nothing else than get the message out from Northern people and people in Hartlepool in particular to say, we've had enough of this. And I, I talk about it as kind of like crumbs from the Westminster table, really, that it's yeah. always the leftovers that seem to come to the North and promises that are often not fulfilled. Um, and I think it's that taking control away from Westminster. So the important thing for me is 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 getting that message out, really, that 
I don't think what's happening here in Hartlepool is going to go away. I think we've now got members across the country um, who are joining up, many of whom are actually northerners who've ended up um, moving away um, from their home uh, to get employment, to get to get those um, higher skilled jobs, because there often isn't that opportunity um, in in the place where they were born, um, and so we've got this drain of our young people from places like um, Hartlepool, and, and actually in Combe Valley, our own two sons who are in London now um, and went to London to get to get the, their particular jobs. Um, that shouldn't be happening. Um, because Northerners are, are, are proud, as I say, of of, of being born um, in the North um, and they should have that opportunity, well, for a start, to have affordable housing um, and to have, um, uh, you know, skilled employment. Um, so that that's really the serious message. Um, but I think the way it's been delivered, I'm, I'm feeling now that uh, in this campaign that um, that, vision and, and joy and enthusiasm um, for something you really believe in um, really powers um, powers our movement and powers these volunteers, largely volunteers who, who are steering the campaign. Um, and I actually really look forward to the meetings um, with the campaigners and activists uh, because there's that engagement there. And it's, it's, a, it's a grassroots movement um, where it, you know it, it is policy, progressive policies which are discussed and decided upon, um, and it's truly democratic. And I think we've seen recently a real erosion of democracy um, in the other two leading political parties, and of course in Westminster. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm feeling much more positive than I was a few months ago, and especially because we're engaging with other left wing. Uh, political campaign groups and parties. Well, it's interesting that you say that because you said then in that in in that piece that you you know as people moving away from the north to get jobs. I thought you were going to say in Northern is moving away from the Labour Party actually because that that's you know that's what you did. We you know you say that you're in a better place than you were. We spoke on the phone, didn't we, a few months ago when you decided to leave the Labour Party, um, and I could tell at the time that was a really kind of heart-wrenching decision for you it does seem like the northern independence party is sweeping up quite a lot of people that feel quite disaffected with labor is that is that the case i think it's massive actually and it still makes me sad you know it still makes me sad yes when we spoke i remember i was still at the stage of feeling absolutely heartbroken about it after 40 yeah. years and it was almost like the labor party had left me really um and it's got i think it's worsened um and and you know, I have I have adjusted. I have adjusted now, and obviously now working with the Northern Independence Party, um, it, it, it's that vision is restored for social justice. But yes, many people. I can't believe the amount of following we've got with people on a daily basis saying, "I'm sorry, that's it. I can't stay with Labour anymore." Um, I think I think the the biggest jump in our membership um, was actually when they imposed um, their candidate um, on uh, Hartlepool Labour um, with no mm. choice. And I thought I thought that was, I think that's when I de decided to stand uh, for Northern Independence Party because 
um, I thought, well, if a woman didn't have the opportunity um, to stand, a person of colour didn't have an opportunity, a disabled person didn't have a, an opportunity, um, and, and local people didn't have an opportunity to mm. decide who their candidate should be. And I think that's playing out very badly in Hartlepool. And I think it's a big mistake for Labour to take for granted their vote. And I think I think recently that's what they have done. I think they've taken for granted that the the left or you know previous um, uh, people who have voted historically for Labour would always go there. I mean, it's been said, oh, they've nowhere else to go. Well, yes, they have got somewhere else to go, um, and uh, that's they're coming to us at the moment because we're third. I can't believe it, but we're we're third above the Greens and Liberals yeah, at the moment in the polls, um, and and it and it's so massive. I think I think the other thing as well that I feel I need to say is that um, those people who know me. Um, in politics, um, know that um, this is a vacation for me, um, yeah. and that I I didn't really have um, any real intention. I did intend to stay in politics and to to bring people together if I could, and to support the movement on the left as much as I could. But I didn't intend to stand. But I think it was that sense of. I've never been very good with, I've always had a sense of injustice and rage against yeah. injustice and inequality. And I'm very proud of being Northern. I'm very proud of of where I was born and, and, and where I've lived all my life. And um, I, I just thought, you know, people of Hartlepool deserve better than this. And um, I'd like to think that people trust me um, in terms of, um, I, I always try and act with integrity. I'm not a perfect person, but I am doing this for the right reasons. This is this is for me about our children and young people in school um, and having fully funded education. Um, it's about our older people in the community uh, being supported with the right social care. It's about our nurses being paid fairly. Um, it, it's it's about having connectivity. It's about having affordable mm-hmm. housing. It's about developing green and sustainable jobs. Um, it, it's about having an ethical and principled foreign policy. It's it's all of those things. And I I think the people of Hartlepool can see through what's happening now. Um, and I think it will be really interesting. And as I say, if we do nothing else but get people realizing what um, democratic socialism actually is and could be and how it could um, by, you know, the community wealth building, cooperatives, social enterprise, things that are happening in Cone Valley now, um, that that community wealth building and supporting each other in the community, I I would love to be a part of that in Hartlepool and and helping deliver that for Hartlepool. Um, And so, yes, People have got somewhere else to go than Labour. And and I know some in Labour are critical of me saying you'll split the Labour vote, but I am the Labour, I am the left vote. <laughs> you know, the policies and what's happening with Labour at the moment is not democratic socialism. And mm-hmm. I, I, I am the left vote, I believe, or Northern Independence Party are are, are the left vote. Um so I think it's could be quite historic really what's happening. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, um, 
Well, I'm going to get on to what the people of Hartlepool have been telling you in a minute, actually. But I'm really interested in, you know, all those things you're talking about there in terms of, you know, social justice and connectivity and everything you spoke about does almost feel like it could have been in one of your manifestos when Jeremy Corbyn was Labour leader. I mean, he's sitting as an independent at the moment, isn't he? Could you could you tempt him over, do you reckon? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Jeremy is um, uh, Jeremy is an individual, and Jeremy will always um, make his own mind up about things. Um, but I, I know Jeremy well, and I know that um, he would fully embrace um, the policies that uh, Northern Independence Party um, are promoting, and those uh, progressive policies. And yes, you're absolutely right that. Um, many of those policies have um, evolved from from that 2017 um, vision um, in the manifesto, which has been proved through the polls of, are still very very popular um, yeah. with the public. I mean, the, you know, the, some of the some of the policies that were mocked um, about the free broadband, which um, the, you know they were, it, that was mocked for being broadband communism, that was called. Um, and now it's being promoted um, by the Conservatives. And it's kind of, you know, the, the, the Conservatives are finding some socialist policies in our, uh, in Labour's uh, two previous manifestos. Um, they're quite convenient for, for the Conservatives at the moment to adopt. Um, and, uh, you know, during a, a, a pandemic, um, but my uh, thoughts are that um, it won't be the wealthiest that pay um, for for the delivery of these policies. It'll be the ordinary person that ends up um, covering the cost in a further few years of austerity. Um, and, and that's the difference. Um, so, it, you know, there won't be there won't be the uh, uh, wealth tax. <laughs> um, it'll, be, it'll be the ordinary person that pays it when it comes to the conservatives. But they they use. I think that's what throw, that's throwing Labour at the moment, actually, because you know one or two of the things in the budget were were actually more left wing than Labour, and um, I think Labour just just seems to be oh, I, I don't know lacking in vision, lacking in, in policy. Um, clear policy and defined policy. Um, I, I'm not sure what they stand for anymore, to be honest. No, well, we won't start calling him Red Boris quite yet. But um... <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I don't think any of us are taken in by it. I think it's uh... no, indeed. <laughs> now, look, before we before we hit record, you were telling me that um, it, was your, it was your birthday and you were out in Hartlepool. What have what have the people of Hartlepool been telling you? that they want? I mean, that's quite a wide question, I appreciate. But, you know, we're talking about all these things that are your priorities and the party's priorities today. Is that aligning with what people on the ground are telling you now that you're doing, I'm sure, socially distanced door knocking? Um, Yeah, well, we're, yeah, I mean, I was talking to the WASPy women in particular uh, yesterday, and obviously I'm a WASPy woman. um, And it's, it's, they were very interested in, you know, one of our policies is uh, universal basic income. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, which has been trialled in um, in Finland and and in uh, Glasgow, I think, in in Scotland, and because um, really, in a way, that's currently what furlough is. You know, it's that safety yeah. net for people, and I'm quite excited about this. It wasn't Labour's um, policy actually; they, they were more on the guaranteed minimum wage um, when I was in Parliament. But I've always wanted. Um, 
universal basic income because I just think if everybody um, had that safety net, it opens up so much. And if everybody had it, you can't have one group saying, well, that's not fair. They've got that and I haven't got that, you know, in terms of the benefit system. And it would open up, you know, in terms of skilling up um future workforce if we look at if we're looking at the green industrial revolution and the jobs for the future and the nature of jobs will change that it would give people that as i say that that funding to be able to say well actually i'm going to take out i'm going to try uh, train up to do something different or people with transferable skills um, that have maybe in, been in manufacturing that could could go into or house building or whatever could could go into kind of building uh, green homes. Um, so it's 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 the idea of people feeling safe, and I think that's what's coming through to me talking to local people, but people across the north or wherever I travel across the north. It's that feeling that I know the pandemic has made us all feel uh, very insecure um, and it's been a terrible time for us all every one of us have had a different experience but and some worse than others but um, I, th- I think that insecurity not just from the pandemic but um, job insecurity um, and health insecurity all of those things there's this national anxiety at the moment and I think that Instead of almost dividing and rule with the current benefit system, if there was that safety net. So, for instance, if you look at homeless people at the moment, if you look at the number of food banks, and we even have a soup kitchen in Hartlepool, you know, you you think to yourself, well, actually, if everybody had that basic income, there wouldn't be any need for these things. And I think that's what people are saying, that, you know, we, we, we love where we live, but we're feeling insecure about the future and we don't trust that the funding will come to us because we've been promised it before and it, and it hasn't done. Um, and I, th- I think that that's what people need to feel. I think they need to feel secure in their, that they can have affordable homes, that their, their children are not going to be not forced away from where they live because they make that choice. But that they can feel that they can support their children, but their children can also go on to have um, skilled jobs and and affordable ha- housing. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because those are issues that I feel like, uh, well, you and I have spoken about them before, but that I've been speaking to people about for years and years and years. And I suppose this is the whole point, isn't it, of the of the party? They haven't been addressed. Yeah, no, 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 they haven't. I think I think that is it, it's almost like it's almost like the pandemic has opened up this Pandora's box, really, that the inequality yes. was there. I mean, I'm talking about it a lot with the different um, education groups that I work with and talking to head teachers and teachers. Um, and you can see, well, child pro- poverty is set to rise even further um, yeah. over five million post pandemic. Um, and that's what we know. I think there's a lot of hidden suffering, um, poverty and neglect. Um, and I, I just think that through this pandemic, that inequality that was already there has been has been exposed. And I think people are now saying post pandemic, we can't go back to how we were and things have got to be different 
So it's it's almost like um, a watershed moment now. Um, and I think that's why our party and the democratic socialist movement is growing um, because I think people, what how I compare it is the 2017-19 Labour manifestos were seen, those policies were seen and they can't be unseen now. Mm-hmm. And because previous Labour governments did not deliver those true socialist policies that would have ended or as near as damn it could end inequality and there would be social justice. And I, I think people see those policies and think, yeah, that's that's how we could have a better life. And it's almost like a right to a good life that everybody has. And it's not, it's often seen as really radical and extreme, but goodness me, just every individual to say, I'd like to have free healthcare, free education, an affordable home, a decent quality of life. Um, I don't think that's a lot to ask. I, th- I think that's everybody's right. That's not particularly radical. That is just social justice and fairness and and what it is to be a human being and respect for other human beings. Um, and it's just a simple message, really. Um, and I think people post-pandemic are going to say, yeah, we want we want social justice. We want an a, an end to inequality, poverty, and you know, working class solidarity. Yeah, and I think it's 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 very interesting to me how you know because I spend a lot of my time delving into what this kind of nebulous phrase "leveling up" means, mm. um, and spend a lot of my time trying to get ministers and MPs to tell me what they think it means. And quite often, you do get an answer of it's to make people's lives better to make things fairer but you're obviously coming at it from a very different kind of standpoint very different base to what the government or those kind of red wall slash blue wall Tory MPs that we often hear from would be would be thinking of it from aren't you yes I am I mean what you know when somebody like Boris Johnson talks about leveling up when they spend was it hundreds of thousands on decorating their flat number 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and the lifestyle that the like I mean I've been in Westminster I've seen what some of them are like you know and um and and don't get don't get me wrong um I I'm somebody that I I think if people pay their taxes um and and have a really good life and a nice house and they want a posh car and they want to buy nice clothes and they want to live well that is absolutely fine I'm not you know that is and if somebody's worked really hard with their business as long as they pay their taxes and make their contribution to the rest of society and to supporting people in society um and and the infrastructure of society and if they make their contribution I think that's absolutely fine but be under no illusion when you look at that last budget as I said before there was there was no wealth tax um Mm -hmm. there at all it's not they're not proposing that the wealthiest um pay more tax um and they 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 are after um supporting uh sustaining control um of the economy from from london and from westminster and that's that's what really is the difference in terms of um the idea of uh well federalism for me as you see in germany um and i saw that in germany you know um when i was on the education select committee 
Uh, we visited Stuttgart um, and Zurich, actually, in Switzerland. But I saw the education system there and um, just just how fantastic it was with, with the kind of federal system of regional investment um, and, and that regional economy, um, investing in skilling up a future workforce, investing in education. Um, just a fantastic model that um, I, I would like to see. Yeah, look, I mean, that's that's all really interesting. And I suppose, you know, we're sitting here having a having a lovely chat today, but there must be other ways that you're looking to get that message out as well. Where else are you kind of targeting to make sure people know what, what it is that you're about in this election? Yeah, well, obviously, visiting and going to Hartlepool and talking to people um, is the is the best way you can. It's it is more challenging with the covid uh, situation we've got and the regulations that we've got. Um, I will be doing um, some hostings. Um, I think that's planned for the future, so so people can can hear what um, candidates have got to say. Um, I'm talking to lots of, of journalists um, and um, yeah, Facebook, different platforms, um, and certainly um, on the left now there are a lot of uh, different uh, platforms. As uh, Socialist Telly, I'm going to be doing a hustings uh, in a week or two on that. Um, and I've got a podcast uh, going now, Thelma and Tom Look Left, uh, where we invite uh, different uh, left-wing campaigners and politicians on. Um, and and we, we have an informal chat, but it's with a serious political message. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing everything I can um, within the COVID regulations of um, engaging with the public and... Um, yeah, it's it's there's there's definitely a, a real feeling of uh, euphoria with this campaign, and um, and I, I think it's just really important that people know that um, I'm I'm here as a genuine, authentic uh, candidate who um, really has that vision for how the north and how in particular Hartlepool um, could be so much better, and people in Hartlepool deserve better. Um, so um, that's what I'm standing for. And uh, yeah, let's, let's just see what happens over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I, look, we've got a month to go pretty much until until that big day. And it is a super Thursday, they're calling it, because not only is there the Hartlepool by-election, which obviously we're talking about today, uh, but there's also loads of council elections. West Yorkshire is getting its first uh, metro mayor, um, police and crime commissioner. There's elections in Scotland as well. So it's going to be absolutely, well, it's going to be an absolutely packed day. And I imagine there'll be plenty of um, of people getting out to do their voting um, or doing it by postal as well. But in the meantime, Thelma, good luck on the campaign trail as much as as much as it can be. And um, hopefully we'll speak to you again before polling day. Oh, thank you. It's good to talk to you. Speak soon. Thank you so much for listening to Podzone Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I've been Jerry Scott, the Yorkshire Post Westminster correspondent. And you can find this podcast wherever you usually get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. We're on them all. And it really helps us out when you take the time to leave us a review or to subscribe or to tell your friends because it helps to boost us in the charts. And we'll be back next week with another episode.
The title of this little confusion is Fancy Dress. This party guest has spent a month crafting her pirate costume. She's even perfected her. Arr! But did the invite say wear fancy dress or wear a fancy dress? Arr. She's confused. There's nothing to misunderstand when you choose a free Confused.com reward with car or home insurance. Get a freebie from Domino's, Halfords, HelloFresh or IMO Car Wash. I'm not confused. I'm Confused.com. Available on single annual policies. HelloFresh 18 plus subscription service. Geographical exclusions apply. Full T's and C's online.